time for the Susan Taylor Podcast, where we discuss the yoga of mind, medicine, and healing. Author of Feeling Good Matters, Sexual Radiance, and the Vital Energy Program, Dr. Taylor imparts authentic knowledge and practical tools that inspire, educate, and empower us to be a healing force for positive change. So join us and take your life and our planet to the next level. June is Brain Awareness Month and the perfect time to discuss essential brain matters to support optimal function. The number of people living with dementia worldwide is currently estimated at 50 million and will almost triple by 2050. To maintain our optimal brain function has become really a key concern. Although you don't need to spend hours per day specifically focusing on brain health, You do need to pay attention to lifestyle habits, like how you breathe, sleep, think, move, and of course, what and how you eat. I'm Dr. Susan Taylor, and today we'll discuss optimizing your brain, specifically cognitive function, our thinking processes, as well as our memory. These abilities affect how well we adjust to our new lifestyle and routine. Supporting cognitive function can help keep the mind calm and balanced during times of change. And I'm not speaking as this is a matter of choice here. It's something that we really should be considering daily. It's essential at any age throughout our lifespan. You know, we're focused on keeping our body healthy, but why not focus on keeping our mind healthy? No matter how young we are, we need to pay attention to our brain's health and longevity. Each decade of life, we find change, including in the brain. So I created a list on how to support brain health and cognitive function at every age. You see, the first sign of slowing brain function is that our communication slows down. Or you may see some behavioral changes. If you're seeing any of these, Making meaningful changes that can help preserve your cognitive health and function is essential. And as always, problems that are caught early on, they're easier really to address than those left ignored. Here are some ways to improve cognitive function in your everyday life. The first I put was learn to breathe effectively. Our ability to breathe is amazing and it's one of the only systems in our body that can be controlled both voluntarily through the central nervous system and more involuntary through the autonomic nervous system. This overlap between the two systems is the reason why focused intentional breathing methods through yoga and meditation practices are able to affect other involuntary muscles like the heart. And it has a profound effect on our brain health. While breathing is so commonplace to our existence, proper breathing techniques and awareness of breath can have a dramatic implication on our brain, as I just mentioned. Having knowledge of specific breathing techniques can lower our stress, help sleep, help the mind function more acutely, and even curb food cravings. Our breath supplies nutrients to our brain and body, as we know, and it's the master controller of our body. So when it comes to stress, mindful breathing practices are a great tool to lower our blood pressure, increase our lung capacity, and oxygen for that matter, and 
ultimately prevent heart disease. The next one I came up with is less stress, which feeds into this. It's of no surprise that stress affects our brain in a negative way. Our brains are always reacting to situations based on our fight or flight mechanism, an inherent survival mechanism that surely protected us when we were out in the savanna, as we say, as I said, and I believe in the last episode. In our modern society, though, that mechanism still exists. We're wired for that. Remember, I had spoken about we're hardwired for this. Our brains tend to apply it to our daily stresses, what we perceive as threats. Unfortunately, it spikes our cortisol, which are part of our stress hormone response. And when it's released too often, it can lead to chronic fatigue, depression, as well as disease. There are many studies that have been done to, that support this. The way around this is to learn to meditate. And I'll be teaching a new course in the fall on the brain and cognitive function. I haven't formally named it yet, but I'd like to really talk about and give you a series of classes on how to have optimal function in better moods. So you can always sign up for that on our, in our Center for Meditation Science page. So let's turn to saying when it comes to stress, we have to just sum this up. Mindful breathing practices are a great tool to lower our blood pressure, increasing our lung capacity for oxygen, and in the long term, prevent heart disease. So I came up with learning to breathe effectively, less stress, and the third I came up with is getting enough sleep. You know, we're told that most adults require between seven and nine hours of sleep per night. And many people believe they can survive on less, or actually they attempt to do this. But even if they get by on only six hours, let's say a night, they may not really realize that their cognitive abilities are being compromised. I have a little bit of a, a challenge with reading these studies because there's a real difference between sleep and rest. And when we meditate and we've trained people in relaxation, sleep becomes deeper and you don't need as much sleep, but you can get rest. There are many studies that were done. In, in, in fact, a specific one in 2017 was a review of the studies that actually examined the effects of sleep deprivation on the brain's health. And they did find that sleep deprivation does trigger a complex set of bidirectional changes in brain activity and its ability to connect. And it just depends on specific functional operation and anatomical regions that they were talking about in question. So it's quite a vast subject to study. But researchers did make a point. They did point out that sleep deprivation does make the brain unstable. And equally important that the moment-to-moment -moment fluctuations that we, that we have in our brain activity uh, also gets uh, really unstable during sleep deprivation. And it's especially apparent when we're talking about attention and working memory functionality of the brain. We do need sufficient sleep in order for our brains to function properly. That's the point here. And as I said, meditators are, show, are shown to require less, less sleep. So that's one of the nice byproducts. The fourth is to adapt a nutrient-rich diet. Food is fuel for every part of the body. The nutrients in the foods that we eat provide our bodies with energy, you know, the energy it needs, and our brain, of course, 
not only to sustain itself, but to thrive. Unhealthy foods like fried foods, sweets, sugars, uh, other sugars, prepackaged or prepared foods really aren't as nutrient dense as whole foods that are more uh, basic in their original growth form and they've been altered very minimally. So the more nutrient dense foods we eat, the better off our overall health will be, including brain health here. There are some foods that we can talk about, but it's really not in the scope of this episode to go over them. Number five was exercise. The U.S. Department of Health and Human Services recommend that adults get between two, two hours and 30 minutes or to five hours maybe of exercise each week. And because we found that moving your body around quite literally forces your brain to keep those neural pathways functioning. In 2018, there was a study that found that physical exercise determines positive biological and psychological effects that affect the brain and cognitive functioning. And it really, really, you know, exercise promotes a condition of well-being. Physical exercise also plays an important role in counteracting normal and pathological aging. And evidence has been documented to show that physical exercise does trigger neuroplastic phenomena. And that's the way our brain changes. And that's partially mediated by epigenetic mechanisms. So we want to just keep in mind that exercise can mean different things for everyone. You know, perhaps more active adults run or bike while others need a slow pace of walking, riding a stationary bike, maybe swimming. But regardless of the method, it's important to know that you want to get your heart rate elevated and keep your body moving to maintain optimal brain function. And the sixth point I came up with was adopt an optimistic growth mindset. So regardless of what age we are, one of the best ways to support brain health is to put ourselves in a position to learn, grow, and expand our minds. And we talked about last episode on negativity bias, to move into the positive, not meaning that we ignore what's going on, but to just shed light, be optimistic. We want to also learn something new. When we do that, that's an excellent step in improving our cognitive health. But what's happening, the good news about our digital age is there's an opportunity to learn. However, with all the digital, uh, the digital networks, we're not really expanding. We're actually pruning our brain a little bit because we're using it in mindless activity as opposed to really learning something. We want to engage in activities that require thought and something that you need to really put some effort into. That's the key here. So we want to read a book or do something that's going to challenge our, maybe build something, challenge our ways of thinking. Ongoing engagement in these variety of activities does spark new neuronal growth in the brain, as I mentioned, known as neuroplasticity. An aging brain can grow new neurons. Keep that in mind, and we can do that. I like to promote meditation, and the way we teach meditation, we're actually stimulating those pathways, allowing the growth of new neurons. We could also exercise our brain, taking on new activities. There's many ways that you can exercise your brain, but the key is to challenge yourself and set your expectations high. That's really what you want to do.
Think positively, and when you think positively, you set your your expectations higher because positive results will follow. Just believe in yourself and move forward with pure optimism. And meditation really helps with that. It's an excellent brain workout, and studies have found there's numerous benefits for the brain. That helps us, and the short-term prompts, you know, we practice, let's just say, mindfulness, such as breathing techniques, gratitude exercises, even just little techniques of, of following our breath for one minute or so will really support your total well-being. I just covered six ways to improve cognitive function, learning to breathe effectively, having less stress, getting enough sleep was number three, adopting a nutrient-rich diet, number four, number five, I spoke about exercise, and number six, adopting an optimistic growth mindset, which really happens with meditation. You don't necessarily need it. Mindfulness and meditation work the same in that way of being optimistic. Preserving cognitive health is no different from taking care of any other part of your body. It must be cleansed, nourished, and rejuvenated. And next week, we'll continue on this theme, looking at the role of breathing in optimizing our brain health. And for those of you that are just signing on today and you haven't heard of this before, you know, I'm going to be doing a class in September. So join me for that class if you'd like. You could sign up for notification at susantaylor.org forward slash courses and just scroll down to the bottom of the page and there's a sign up form just to be informed. No commitment at this time, but you'll be the first to know. The class will be limited in size and we'll be taking signups very soon. And that brings us to the end of this episode. If you'd like to get the podcast automatically. It's available to you on your favorite podcast apps like iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and other platforms. You can also visit susantaylor.org and click on the subscribe button. Check out our YouTube channel, Susan Taylor PhD TV, where you can subscribe to the channel and get notifications on new content. And of course, if you haven't done so so already, please check out Return to Radiance on Amazon.com. It's a program that you can use, especially to optimize your brain function. It's It's a program that's put together systematically. And it's also a perfect gift for your friends, family, or even colleagues. Contact us at SusanTaylor.org if you have any questions, comments, or feedback. We'll be broadcasting all questions and comments on the YouTube channel, so subscribe to Susan Taylor PhD TV if you want to stay in the loop. And again, if you know anyone that would like this podcast, please share it. Sharing helps support our community. And again, thanks for listening. The Susan Taylor Podcast does come out every week, and I look forward to hearing from you. And until next time, remain calm, consciously aware, living in the moment, 